This is the Adventure Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ brings us part two of our Thankful and Grateful series. The ministry of thanksgiving should be in all of our lives. Thanking the Lord should become a lifestyle of praise unto Him every day, not just when it feels good. We at Adventure Church hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to get into the word real quick, and I know time's getting away. Take your sermon notes out if you have them. We've been talking about it, a series of thankful or grateful part two. Uh, thank Jeremiah. A couple weeks ago, Jeremiah did a great job. He knocked it out of the park. I praise the Lord for that. I got a great staff, Pastor Carolyn, a couple weeks before that. Uh, Cheryl and I were in Mexico. We went to Cancun. My nephew uh, got married, and uh, man, it was just a beautiful opportunity. And I ran into the S-U-N and not the S-O-N, but the S-U-N. And it got me, amen. You mess with fire, mess with fire, you get burnt. And I got burnt, amen. And uh, we had a great time, and it was a great wedding, but it's good to be back home. Uh, today, uh, we're talking about thankful and grateful. And I want to start this out, and I was preparing this message. And when I was preparing this message, I promise you, this is no kidding. I started to cry and began to weep. This is no kidding when I was writing this message, I promise you. Uh, I'm a, I'm a crybaby, especially around these seasons, as you heard from Cheryl, uh, that we get very emotional. Uh, but anyways, I started to uh, cry. And the reason why I started to cry, and I mean this, and I'm not just tickling your ears or saying that to make you feel good, okay? I was thanking God for this church. Robin, I really was. I was uh, thanking God for you and this church, Kevin, and for what you guys have done for Cheryl and I. For many of you, uh, two years ago, we were out of the ministry, and we, I messed up, and so many people know my situation. But you guys give me an opportunity. You've given me an opportunity to be back in ministry uh, where I belong. And you've forgiven me, and you accepted me, and you loved me. And I just began to cry. Becky, I just really, seriously, uh, about how you forgave me and how you accepted me as pastor. And uh, it was so much overwhelming to me that I was just crying and thinking, God, you're such a great God. You're such a great God. And I guess that's why, when, when I was preparing this message, why we are a church. And if you're new to our church, this is our model. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or where you came from. You're loved here at Adventure Church. Because if they love me and accept me, we're going to love you, whoever you are, and wherever you came from or whatever you've done. You're welcomed at Adventure Church. Somebody say amen. 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 So I'm going to talk to you today about being thankful. Thanksgiving is the most needed thing in the church today. How many of you know that's true? That we need, that's the most needed thing today in the church, to being thankful. God, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Even in the hard times, God, I thank you that you never leave me nor forsake me. God, thank you that, God, I have a great family. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God, that I got a car that runs. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. But Paul in Philippians chapter 4, he gives us some things. And how many of you know the Bible says, line upon line, precept upon precept, rule upon rule. In other words, one step leads to another step. I don't know about you, but some time ago, when I was playing basketball at North Central Bible College, I lived on the third floor apartment, and we just got done practicing, and I mean to tell you, I was absolutely exhausted from practice, and I mean to tell you, the coach worked us out hard, and I was tired, but what really hit me was, is when I got to my apartment, we didn't have an elevator to take me up to the third floor. I had to walk every step. 
And walking every step, man, I'll tell you, my legs were already tired. I was exhausted. And I'll tell you, when I got to the second floor and going up the first floor, get to the second floor, man, I was tired. I was really tired. I really was. I was like, man, I can't wait to get to the top. But every step that I took got me closer to my apartment. And then finally, when I got to my apartment and took my key out and unlocked the door, what did I do? I plopped on the couch for a moment like, wow, thank you. I'm here. Right? But God puts steps in our lives or steps to the life to get us to a place, you see, from point A to point B. And what he wants you to do is he wants to take you in a direction, a direction to help you, not to condemn you, not to put you down, not to look at you and frown at you, but he wants to take you in a direction that will lead to a purpose or growth in your life. And so what's happening here is Paul, in Philippians 4, verse 6, he's given us steps. He's given us a procedure, line upon line, rule upon rule, to help us in our pressures of life. Do you know that Thanksgiving and holiday seasons and Christmas is the biggest season, I hate to even say this, it's the biggest season, number one, for heart attacks. Heart attacks happen the most during the holiday season because of the pressures, because of the stress, the, because of all the anxiety, the preparation of all the parties, the Christmas preparation, all these things. But also, one of the saddest things that happen during the holiday season is suicide. Uh, suicide is a huge uh, thing in, during around the holidays that people feel desperate, they feel overwhelmed, they feel consumed, they feel like they're trapped or they have no way out. So the only way out that they feel that they have is to take their life. And so Paul gives us steps of how to handle things in our lives. So he starts out in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Look at the first phrase that he says in verse 6. He says this, be anxious for nothing. How many of you know that some of us right now are feeling anxious? We're feeling anxious. The pressures of holiday, maybe mom, dad, you're going to cook, and you got to cook all the preparations for the cookies. you got all this preparation to get the turkeys done. you got people coming over to your house. you got to make sure it's clean, and you got all this checklist that you got to do, and you're feeling that pressure or that anxiety. You know, uh, when I was working at U.S. Bank and there was 300 employees there where we worked at, it was amazing to me that when I used to be with these employers, when it came around this time, people, you can see their temperature in them starting to rise. And what I mean by that, they were getting grumpy, they were getting angry, they were getting mad. You could just see the demeanor in them changing. And so what was happening is a lot of times the demeanor in their life and why they were changing is because they were preparing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so I thought, well, yeah. That's typical that what we all do, we go through these things. But the reason that they were so full of stress and anxiety and pressure was because of the thought that I have to be with my mom and dad. Or I have to be with my aunt and uncle. Or I have to be with my brother or my sister. And so I couldn't believe how many of those people in that group of 300 people were so stressed out about the thought of having a family gathering. What is it going to be like if Uncle Joe shows up? What is it going to be like with dad? Is he going to pop off this time? And there was all this stress about preparing to get together. And I wonder, is that you? Is that you in your life? Are you so full of anxiety and fear and worry about what's going to happen tomorrow? You see, God said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Worry about today and do the best that you can right now. And see, I love this. So Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Well, now he gives us steps. 
Now, watch the steps in what he gives you. How do you supersede the anxiety or the pressure that you're going through in life? Here's the key. But in everything by prayer. So what is it? How do I get rid of the anxiety? I cast my cares upon the Lord because what? He cares for me. How do you cast your cares upon the Lord? By praying, by talking to God, by transferring your situation from you into God's hands. When you came into here, you trusted the seat that you're sitting in. Many of you are watched. You look down the aisle. You look to see what aisle was open. And today, man, this young lady, man, here's our alley cat. She went with us on our Mexico trip. There was no seats in the back. So what happened? They had to come all the way up to the front. They had to pick this seat. But when you came in today, you had to transfer your weight from your feet onto that chair. Is that right? So you transfer the weight from your feet onto that chair. But why did you transfer that weight from your feet onto the chair? Because you trusted the chair to do what? Hold you up. Right? So therefore, because you trusted the chair, you were able and willing and not unafraid to take my weight from my feet and place my behind on this chair. It's the same way with God. What prayer does, it's transferring the battle from you into God's hands, knowing that God has everything under control. And that's what prayer is. So he says, listen, if you learn to pray, prayer will diffuse the anxiety, the worry, the stress, the pressure that you're under, because when you pray, it gets you focused on how big your God is and how little your problems are. So what he says, he says, listen, you start praying. And when you're praying, God will reveal himself to you, and he'll say, be still, Psalms 46.10, and know that I am God, and I'm in control. And when you know that God is in control, guess what leaves you? Stress, pressure, anxiety, because my God is a big God, and he's a God that wins every battle, and he's not going to lose one now. So I'm going to put my hope, or I'm going to transfer my trust into his hands, knowing that he's going to make things happen. So that's what Paul says. So the first thing to steps of alleviating anxiety is prayer and supplication. Now look at what he says, supplication with requests, burdens, concerns, worries, right? But look at what he says. Right in the middle, he does this. After you get done laying your everything by prayer and supplication, he says, with thanksgiving. Why does he say right there with thanksgiving? Just like that video. The video said, Chris, to thank him even in the midst of my pain. I'm going to thank you in the, before I get even healed. I'm going to thank you in advance. And the reason why he says this, Kevin, he says prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in your heart is because this. Because when you know that God is in control, that the prayers are being offered up, and that God is taking your battles, you can begin to thank him. You can say, Lord, thank you that, God, the battle's not mine. Thank you that, God, you're going to alleviate this pressure. Thank you, God, that you're going to help me in the midst of my storm. And when you begin to do that, what it does, it's like turbines. It begins to turn in you and stir in you. And all of a sudden, that sorrow turns into joy. That worry turns into peace. That discontentment turns into contentment. Because knowing that when you pray and when you thank God, God begins to do a miracle in your life. It gets you focused off your problem and focused on him, and when you're focused on him, he is your problem solver. You see what I'm saying? So he says, watch this. Thanksgiving, now watch this. Let your request be made known to God. And then once you do that, so let your request, what is your request? 
What is your burden? What is your care? My request, God, help me that, Lord, on my job, help me, Lord, with all my preparations, with all getting ready for the holidays. Help me, Lord, with, with my family. Whatever your pressure is, look at what he says. And the peace of God. The peace of God. You know that God is related to you as your father, your Abba father. That he's related to you as your father. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I thought my father was invincible. How many of you ever thought that about your dad? You know, we all did. I thought my father was invincible. That whenever I got in the presence of my father, I thought, man, my father's bad. My father will knock you out. Mama's going to knock you out. You don't know that neither. But, but the father, that's the same thing with your father. That he's in control. And he has it all together. So therefore, he says, be peace. Be at peace. Why does he say peace? Because when you're at peace, get this now, when you're at peace, you're able to make right decisions. What's the opposite of peace? Confusion. Man, confusion. When you're confused, you're walking in days. You're, you're trying to figure life out. But when you have peace, you're able to hear his voice. You're able to sort his will in your life. So he said, the peace of God, which transcends all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. What does the enemy attack you the most at? Right here. He attacks you in your mind. And when does he attack you right now? When you're under stress, when you're under pressure. Rachel, when you're going through these situations of life, when all this preparation, baking the cookies, cleaning the house, making the turkey, all the things that you got to do, where does he start to attack you at? Right here, right? And then what happens? It goes from here, it goes to here. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth what? It speaks. And what's in the heart, you're going to react to. And so the enemy wants to bring all that here to get it here so it infects you. A little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough. Negative thoughts, negative thinking will bring you down, discourage you, make you want to quit. Be one of those statistics that take your life. All because right here. But watch what he says then. Because this is the battlefield, he says, now put this into practice. Pray, be at peace. But once you're at peace, don't focus on the negative. Because why is it, can I ask you a question? Why is it that we can have 99 good things happen in our lives? 99 good things. But one bad thing happens, what do we usually tend to focus at? The negative. Why can't we celebrate the 99 over the one? It's because we always want to fixate on something that brings pain. So because it brought pain, we want to keep our attention there. Do you think that that's really what God wants you to do? No, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to fixate on pain because he knows if you celebrate in your victories, you're going to win. And he wants you to lose. So if you fixate on pain, on struggles, on hardships, on that one bad thing, you're going to blow past the 99 good things in your life. And you're not going to have an opportunity to celebrate the good things that God did. So he wants you to fixate. And wherever your life is thought, wherever your thoughts are, your life will follow. Right? So he goes on to say, watch this. Finally, brothers, then, when you got peace in your heart, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good of report, if, if there is any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. What do you got good to dwell on right now? Man, 
I look out here, we got a good-looking congregation. Man, I'll tell you, there's some good-looking people in here. Woo, check it out. We even got a romancer and dancer here. I told my wife for seven days, I said, honey, don't watch for Facebook. Get off Facebook. She said, why? I said, because of him. Did you see what he did to his wife? His wife turned to 5-0, and for seven days, he took her on a little detour, a little trip. Man, had her nails done, took her painting, got her a massage, got her roses. I said, man, dude, you're making me look bad. <laughs> little romancer and dance. Greg said the same thing. Tell him not to look at Facebook. Amen. <laughs> but you see, but then watch this now. Watch this. In verse 9, line upon line, precept upon precept. Now watch what he says. This is so cool. Look at verse 9. The things you have learned, what did Paul say in Philippians 4 through uh, 6 through 8? Told us to give thanksgiving, to pray, the supplication, right? Now watch what he says. Now, how many of you know you could be hearers of the word, but you gotta be doers of the word? How many of you have ever said this? You let it go through one ear and out the other. I'm here to tell you, don't let it go through one ear and out the other. Receive it. Take it in because it brings blessings to your life. She said, watch this. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, watch what he says. Practice these things. What? You mean I'm actually supposed to do what the word of God says? Yes. Why does God do that? Because he wants to lead your life into blessings, not curses. And God wants to give you instructions, line upon line, step upon step, lead you to the third, the third story so that you can walk through the door into your resting place. Right? So he says, the things you have learned, received, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that cool? The God of peace. Practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Practice. You prepare before you go to each game. You prepare before you get on the field. You practice now. If you can't practice with the little things, how are you going to practice when you get to the big things? You need to practice now. Listen, if it is God's will that our lives be filled with thanksgiving unto him, we should have the ministry of thanksgiving in our lives. How many of you know that's true? In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 1 through 4, I love what David is saying, and I'm going to move quickly, trust me. He says this, And they brought in the ark of God and placed it inside the tent with David, had pitched for it. In other words, they made preparation. We don't have the tent, but we have the building. This is the church. This is where God dwells. Who's the church? It's you and I. What do we come to do? We come to worship. We come to honor. We come to lift up the name of Jesus. Where two or three are gathered, there's in the midst of us. Where two or three agree, it shall be done. There's power in agreement. There's power in praise. There's power in unity. And that's what they were doing. The same thing that we do, but we have a structure and they had a tent. But he goes on to say, now watch this, which David had pitched for it. And they offered up Brent offerings and peace offerings before God. What is our offerings? Our offerings is our worship. When we offer up worship, he inhabits the praises of his people. You're offering up your offering. God, you are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and accepting of the God, which the word of God says, right? So that's how we offer our sacrifices to God. God, I surrender to you. I give it all to you. I give my heart to you, my life to you. When you give your heart to him, that's the greatest offering that you can give to God. Then he goes on to say, he said, and they offered up brunt offerings, peace offerings before God. When David had finished offering the brunt offerings and the peace offerings, watch this, 
I love this. He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. He distributed to everyone of Israel, both men and women, to everyone a loaf of bread and a portion of meat and a raisin cake. Now watch this. He appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord. Now get this. He appointed some. He appointed some to do what? Even to celebrate and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Wow. Why did he do that? If you all look through the Old Testament and you look through the, the Bible, what went out before the battles? It was the praisers. When Joshua walked around the walls, who walked in front of the battle? It was the praisers. The praisers broke down the wall. You see, when you offer up thanksgiving and praise unto God, what that does is supernaturally, invisibly, God is tearing down the walls in your life so that you can have access into his presence. And so that's why it's important that, God, we have a thanksgiving heart, that we have a life full of praise, that, God, I'm going to praise you, I'm going to thank you all the days of my life and when you do that you're going to get the victories in your life but when you dry up and when you stop praising God the walls go up but when you praise the walls come down somebody say amen and that's what he's saying he said listen when you praise don't just praise him when it feels good you see it's easy to sing a happy tune when you're happy and when you're going through good things in life but it's hard to sing a tune when man when you're sad man you when you're sad you're mad and when you're mad you can't sing because man I'm I'm I'm, I'm mad right but he says even to celebrate I love this listen today we might not have the ark in our presence but we have his spirit with us. Therefore, we should praise and thank him because he is always with us. I mean, oh, that's true. He's always with us. You know that my greatest moments, you know when they are? Is when they're in my car. I kid you not. When I'm in my car, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'm praising the Lord, and, man, I'm having Hillsong worship going on, and I'm singing, and I'm just praising God, singing at the top of my lungs. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You ladies do it especially. Man, my wife used to do it with my kids. She used to take a hairbrush out, act like it was a microphone. And I'll be sitting at the stoplight, I kid you not, and I'm praising, and I'm worshiping God, and I'm crying like a baby, and I forget that I'm in a car that people can see into my windows, right? How many of you know that sometimes you forget that people can see you when you're in your car? Amen? And, man, I'm crying, and I'm just worshiping God, and I turn my head to the right, and you know what? Lo and behold, there was these girls right next to me in their car, right, and they were cracking up. And I wanted to roll my window down and say, don't interrupt me with my praise, man. I got my praise on. But I just felt his presence. See, listen, you don't have to have an altar just before your house. You can praise him in the morning. You can praise him in the noontime. You can praise him in the evening. And no matter where you're at, you can praise him. God is always there. He's omnipresent. You can't outrun him. You can't escape him. He's with you 24-7. And that's why we can praise him. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, some of you today may feel like I don't have any gifts to use, the, to use for, for the Lord. He said, but one gift everyone can have is that's the gift of thanksgiving. I can thank you, Lord. I can thank you. I mean, in the first service this morning, I was going across the crowd and just thanking people. And You know, how many of you know that encouragement, there's a call, the gift of encouragement, Mark, that we can encourage people? You know, when's the last time, seriously, I want you to think about this now. When's the last time, kids, young people, when's the last time, Jordan, you told your mom and dad how much you appreciated them. 
Think about it. Jake, your dad, I pray for him all the time. When's the last time? I want you to think about this. When's the last time you really earnestly said, Mom, Dad, I thank you? Parents, when's the last time you said thank you to your kids? Parents, when's the last time maybe you called your mom or your dad and you thanked them? And when you thank someone, what does it do? It builds them up. Because what does it do? It edifies. And what is the role of the church? The role of the church is the iron sharpens iron, is to edify and to build up the church. Because if we can't do it within the church, don't expect the world to do it because they're going to tear you down. But we are builders. We are architects for God. And the way we do it is by thanking and praising God. Somebody say amen. I don't know about, hey, I love it. We got the, we got the kids with us today because upstairs is full. But you understand what I'm saying? Listen, 1 Chronicles 23, verse 30, and I'm moving. Look at this. They are to stand every morning, every morning, to thank and to praise the Lord, and likewise at evening. You notice that was two times a day. But if you look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, they went three times a day to honor and to praise their God. Why? Because they knew the importance of what praise and thanking God did. And you wonder why your gas tank level or your spiritual level is dry or empty, and maybe you feel like you're crusty, musty, and stinky. It's maybe because you're not taking the time to praise him. Maybe you're not taking that time to be refreshed and be renewed, that God, that you would bless me. Today we stand before the Lord and thank him because it's the holiday season. And it's the right thing to do. But that's easy, isn't it? It's the right thing to do. But you know what? It's not just a holiday season. It's an everyday thing. It's a lifestyle that I choose to give thanks. I love this now. Get this now. But what about our everyday life? When struggles happen, do we praise them? James chapter 1, verse 3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face many struggles. Do we praise them or do we curse them? You see, there's a difference there. And hardships come, which they will. There's nobody said there's ever going to be a bed of roses when you follow the Lord. Matter of fact, you got a bullseye on you now. Do we still thank him? Thanking the Lord should become a lifestyle of praise unto him every day, not just when it feels good. A lifestyle. We should never take for granted the praises we get on the job. How many know that's true? You might say, I deserve those praises. I deserve that pat on the back. Hey, I worked hard. You don't deserve anything. The Lord deserves the credit and gets the blessings. God, you gave me the ability to do that which I'm doing. What should we thank him for? Number one, we should daily thank God because of his character. What is his character? He's holy. Why is he holy? It's because we are trying to obtain to be holy. He said, Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in us will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. He's perfecting us every day, but he's leaving us a, a measure He's showing us a standard in which we should try to obtain. 
He's a God that doesn't lie. He doesn't steal. He doesn't turn, but go against his word. He's holy. He holds true. He's good. God is good. Do you understand that? We say the old cliche, God is good and all the time. But do you really believe it? He really is good. And just because you're in the state that maybe you're in right now, don't blame God for it. God doesn't lead you down a dead end. He leads you down the path of righteousness. You get that? For his name's sake. I love this one. Stop blaming God for the bad things that happen to you. He can't go against his character. He can't go against who he is. He can't go against who he is. Have you ever noticed or ever done this before? How many of you have got your own name plaque? You got your own your name and you got what your name stands for? Well, I remember when I looked up my name and my mom got me one. And my name, by the way, everybody just knows me as CJ. My name is actually Craig. But don't call me Craig, okay, because my mother called me Craig when she was mad at me, all right? So just stay with CJ, stay with CJ, and I'll be fine, all right? But when I, uh, when I looked up CJ, it meant strong and courageous and leader. And I thought about that for a while. Am I demonstrating that in my life? Is that who I am? But if you look up God and who he represents and what he is, he's good, he's loving, he's caring, he's forgiving. That's his character. And he shows that to you all the time. Two, we should daily thank God because of our salvation. What do you mean, Pastor CJ? Freeing us from sin. I once was lost, but now I'm found. How great thou art, Lord. Freeing me from sin. Making us heirs of his kingdom. That we are joint heirs with you. Aren't you glad that you're part of the family of God? Aren't you glad that you're connected? Looks like Laverne Neck. I bless his heart. I love that man and D. But man, because he was a joint heir with Jesus, he's now celebrating with Jesus. That's the beauty that we have, that we are joint heirs with Jesus. We are part of the family. We should daily thank God for the fellowship as a family, for the faith within us, for the grace amongst us. Let's show grace and mercy to each other. Now get this. Let's show grace and mercy to each other and forgive. What do you say, forgive? And forget as we remember this Thanksgiving Day. You know that bitterness doesn't hurt the one as much as who causes it, as much as it just does the one who harbors it. And maybe you got resentment, unforgiveness, man, in your heart. I encourage you, man, to let it go. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth having unforgiveness towards someone? But they did me wrong. That's, who cares? Get over it. Move on in life. Because all that is is a snare, it's a trap that's confining you from going forward in what God has for your life. Let it go. Lastly is this. We should daily thank God for the victories he has given us in life here on earth. Man, how many of you can remember great things that God has done through the years of your life? Jerry, isn't it great? I love hearing your testimony. But the victories that God has done right now here on planet earth. Don't blow past them. Celebrate each win. Man, recognize when God does something in your life. Celebrate them. And get ready for the next one. But then the last one, the victory over death ultimately. Where, old death? 
is thy victory. Where, O death, is thy sting? Death has been swallowed up. Death has no power. Death has no authority. Isn't that awesome? You know, one of the biggest fears that people have, the biggest fears, you can look in the study of the biggest fear they have is death. Where do I go from here? Where's my destiny when I die? One of the biggest fears that people have. I remember, man, and I close with this. I remember a particular time when I was pastoring in Watertown, South Dakota. I was a youth pastor at the time. And the pastor, the senior pastor, was on vacation. And while he was on vacation, I was subbing, obviously, filling in for him. And I got a, got a phone call to go to St. Anne's Hospital there in Watertown, South Dakota. And it was a gentleman of our church, and he was an elderly gentleman. And he, man, was, man, just one of those terrors. You know what I'm talking about? Just a real terror. And, man, he had a reputation in the community. And I'll never forget when I was sitting on his deathbed there with him, and he was crying. He grabbed my hand. Deb, I'll never forget this. I promise you, I'll never forget this. He grabbed my hand, and he's sobbing, just crying. And all of a sudden, you could just see he was replaying his past, just replaying his past. Past CJ, I've been this, I've been that. I did this, I did that. And he told me all what he did. After he got done crying and telling me all what he did, he's holding my hand, he's squeezing it. I felt like one of those guys on that cartoon. My hand just, because he was squeezing it so hard. But I wasn't going to say, let me go, because he was in that emotional moment. But after he poured out everything in his heart, you know what he said to me? I'll never forget this. I was only a youth pastor. It freaked me out. He said, Pastor CJ, he said, if I die today, I don't know where my destiny would be. And you could just see that that just hurt him so bad. I don't know where my destiny would be. And you know what I did? I said, oh, yeah. I know it will be. Can I pray with you? And it was the coolest thing. As he was holding my hand, I said, can I pray with you? He said, sure. And because I was so much pain, Jesus, I couldn't hardly get the words out. Oh, ouch, ouch. But you know what? I had the satisfaction of leading this elderly man to Jesus. And it wasn't too long after that he passed on. But you know what? Where, O oh death, is thy victory? Where, O oh death, is thy sting? Death has been swallowed up because he knew Jesus now. The past is the past and the future's ahead. Will you stand with me today? My wife's here. She has an announcement, obviously, I can see. This is Betty Crocker. Come here. Come. I, I, I think you look kind of cute with that on there, baby. Uh, amen. Now she says something, amen, but I won't let her say it anyway. Amen. amen. For those that don't know, that's my pookie woman. Pookie, amen. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for every individual that is here today. Pray that God this morning that you, Lord Jesus, will... Give us a grateful heart. Turn our scars into stars. Turn our stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Lord, I thank you that you're going to take our mess and give us a message. Because, Lord, you are the one that transforms and changes. And so, Father, today, let us make a choice. Maybe to let go of resentment, unforgiveness, hurts in our lives. Maybe we're angry, we're mad at the world. Lord, just transform us. May we have an attitude of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, one that will just praise you and thank you regardless of where we're at. 
We can't move from point A to point B because we're taking what we have in point A into point B, and it's going to affect point B if we don't let go of point A. So, Father, today we make the choice to let go, to let go. Father, thank you for every individual. May you bless them over these holiday seasons. And, Lord, may they pray and give you the request that they can have peace of knowing that everything is going to be okay. Go with us now, I pray. Bless our time of fellowship, the auction, and the food. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We are heading into the busy holiday season, and we have a ton of things planned for you. If you don't want to miss out, make sure you follow us on Facebook, download our new app, or visit our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.